Seek to Understand, a podcast about holistic wellness and a bunch of other stuff coming from humans with experience and shower thoughts. Not intended to serve as medical advice or treatment. We want to help you understand your why. Brought to you by Kelly Cash, Neva Wilkerson, and Brandon Johnson. Here we go. Getting in shape can be hard. Finding time to drive all the way to the gym with everything else going on can be daunting, but it is super important. That's why my wife Trista and I have developed Fit From Home. Now you can get strong from the comfort of your own home. You need very little equipment and about 30 minutes of your time. You work out directly with us as we give you options for each exercise. You get access to daily workouts, informational presentations, and epic bonus workouts. You also get access to a private Facebook group full of people sharing a common goal. All of this for just $16 a month. Go to changeinmotionpt.com and click the Fit From Home link to sign up today. So do we want to do what is health? Yeah. 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 What is health? I think we're going to be here for a while. This may be a five-parter, another t- <laughs> 10-parter. Where do yes. we start? Well, let's start at the most basic place ever with the textbook definition of health. What is health? Yeah. Um, so I don't – this is not – you can Google it yourself. I don't know what – but if you looked out there, I would reckon that if health is being free from dis-ease or disease um, – so if you break down the word disease, it's dis-ease, right? Yep. That is a textbook. So never, I, uh... I meant to bring my notes and I forgot um, to bring them, but that is a textbook definition. Mm-hmm. Just absence of disease. Absence of disease and, and wellness. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's a very broad definition. And also different definitions go into mind, body, spirit, mm-hmm. holistic mm-hmm. is health. But just by the textbook definition, we're failing miserably, Yeah, I think, as a country. We're just... Even the, in the absence of disease, we don't have – well, we don't have an absence of disease in most people that we know. Bingo, bango. Yeah. yeah. And it's not even <laughs> yeah. getting into the spiritual or the the actual physical health, you know, because that's what we think about when we look at somebody that's healthy. We look – you know, if you were going off the book, you would look at somebody that's lean, right, got lean body mass and um, hopefully smiles some. Right. So it's a combination of everything. But just at the textbook definition, we are failing. And I think. Well, let's go back and look at the last three years alone about people that have fallen to demise of death or chronic illness or something. And how many times have you guys personally heard someone say, but they were so healthy? I, w- I wondered if you were going to go there. I was yeah. hoping if not, I was going to prompt you. Yeah. No. Yeah. you're gonna pro- you don't, Yeah. Because Brandon said you look at someone. So unfortunately, and you think, our society oh, says, it's a young person. They must be healthy. They look healthy. So this could get to be a really deep and dark podcast if we're not too careful because of the fact that, so for me, on a daily basis, because I'm a body worker and I work with people in their physiques, as you are too, and then you're with it, working with um, patients as well, Kelly. And so... When we think of healthy, so we go to the doctor because our insurance will pay for an annual labs, which are basically, what are those, Kelly? So for annual labs, typically they'll pay for a cholesterol panel and then a chemistry panel if if you're quote unquote 
healthy, right? And so that's your wellness visit. And a chemistry panel is going to look at your sodium, your potassium, your electrolytes, your liver and kidney function, your blood sugar. So that's very, very basic level labs that you're going to get at your wellness visit. So you go in and those all come back within normal limits. So you're healthy. They take your blood pressure and your blood pressure is within normal range. So you're healthy. You're five foot six and 124 pounds. Your BMI is low. You're healthy. Um, You go in and you get your mammogram. It's clear. You're healthy. You go in and get your colonoscopy. It's clear. You're healthy. What else do they check? PSA. Do they even do that anymore? Um, that that's sort of a mixed uh, right. But I'm just thinking about all of the things topic, that yeah, with I, the insurance companies that are paying for our wellness exams, they're doing this little picture of a glimpse of what healthy is. And I personally know many people that have gone in to get their colonoscopy and it came back fine. And two months, three months later, they have colon cancer or they had their mammogram all clear, it was fine. Um, pap smears, I've done those, and they think that we're looking, you know, most patients think that we're looking for all kinds of deep things with wellness and health, and we're really only looking for cervical cancer. So then they walk out of there thinking, I'm healthy. I've been checked. I've been checked. And so this is a really deep, very big umbrella to talk about what health is because what we as a society think health is is in what healthy is is just a screenshot of a snap second and it's not i know of many people that look healthy i'm a prime example so i had lab works and i was told you know chronic illnesses like ms and fibromyalgia you look fine on the outside but inside you're not okay you've got all kinds of things that are not okay you feel terrible mental illness how many of us know people that have i mean they're just rosy and happy and go lucky and next thing you know then they commit suicide but they were so healthy they were so happy so health is way bigger than that little definition and so so with what you just said do you think health exists? Being healthy? Yeah. I do. I think you can be with disease. I think it's that's one of the things that I think that my goal and your all's goal is with this podcast is for people to step back and really examine themselves for how well am I? How healthy am I really? Um, and to understand the little signs, the little bitty knocks on the door that says, hey, you're not okay. Your bowels are not moving the way that we're going to tell you how they're supposed to move here in this podcast um, down the road, you know, is your blood pressure. That's the other thing. Their blood pressure is fine. They're healthy. Did we do a cardiac calcium score to see if they have calcification in there to see what's a brewing? And then they dropped it of a heart attack. So, you know, all of these markers that are um, put out there from our insurance companies and our current healthcare system in the United States are failing us dramatically, in my opinion, because we're giving people false hope. And I've said that a lot when I was doing pap and pelvic exams, you know, just because this comes back clear does not mean you're clear. So these are the things that you need to be mindful of. And if this happens, if you have this symptom or that mm-hmm. symptom, you need to come back. So don't think that just because you get an all clear from your doctors at your annual exam that you're fine. You don't have to go back till next year. Yeah, there's a good chance if that's all you're doing, you're not doing enough. You know, if all you're doing is going to the doctor for them to tell you that you're fine, then you're probably not. You're you pass their their minimum requirement we don't have to get you in here for some kind of treatment right away but if that's again if that's all you're doing you're it's not enough you're not probably as healthy as you could and or should be what if i never go 
Yeah, well, then that's a whole different story. I know these people baffle me. These people that will have an actual issue because I'm the exact opposite. I will have no issue and go to the doctor and say, I'm got this is a problem. I told Kelly earlier jokingly today, I've got a client that had a, excuse me, had an incident where she blacked out and we've recommended she go to a cardiologist and she's like, I'll think about it. Meanwhile, I, at the age of 30, wore a chest strap heart monitor for three days because I swore there was something wrong with my heart. And it turns out the doctor's like, N- we don't have a clue what you wasted our three days for. But I don't understand these people. And it's a different topic. I know, yeah, but-, but I mean, I do think that that could lead into a piece of health, right? Yeah, for sure. Mental health, for sure. right? For sure. Yeah. So that's anxiety. Yep. You know, and yep. so where do you balance that healthy level of concern or worry mm-hmm. with an unhealthy level of concern or worry that tips the scale into anxiety and Okay, so we're gonna rewrite the textbook definition of health, the three of us. Okay. Oh Lord. So how would you how would you define it, Kelly? Or Brandon? I so to me health is a balance. Um and it's a balance in life, you know, because there's a, a continual ebb and flow of um, energy and um, events in your life. You know, you are probably never going to be completely free of disease. You know, all of us will face some sort of disease in our they life. They say if you live long enough, you'll get some kind of a disease. Yeah, it's right. And people... even if it's it, strep throat is a disease. Um, so even if you have a temporary illness or disease, viral disease, um, there's still that level of um, things are out of balance in your body. And so our body's job is to maintain homeostasis. And so we have all of these amazing cells that go in and fight these diseases. And we have to do what we can to support our bodies during these fights and and recognizing that you know your system's a little down i need to do these extra measures to kind of take care of myself and so the definition i think is really hard probably (laughs) i'd have to think about synthesizing that into just a few words um but it's just paying attention to that ebb and flow throughout throughout your life um handling the disease and finding that balance in your mind and body and your spirit and all of those things that affect um your well-being and I think this is a great thing to follow up from the mindfulness podcast, because for me, health goes back to mindfulness and to be recognizing that we were all imperfectly made. So is there ever a time that you're going to be 100% perfect and 100% without disease? The answer is no. But when you ask me if I believe that there is health, yes. I think that you can have optimum health, but I think it's also... It's also what, exactly what you said. It's an ebb and flow. It's just like a, and when we use the word balance a lot, I struggle with that because generally when you're balanced on a balance beam, you're equal. You're right level with the person across from you. But for me, a balance is um, a little bit more lenient. So like in a balance in a marriage, we're never going to be 50-50. Thank goodness he can be 70 when I'm at my 30 and I can recognize when he's at 60 and I need, or he's at 40 and I need to be 60. So it's more of a constant teeter-totter. And I think that's what health is. But being very mindful of little cardinal signs that something is brewing that could become a full-blown disease that requires medical intervention before it becomes that. Mm-hmm. So and I'm a big believer in mind, body, spirit. 
movement, mental, physical. And I'll take that one step further because that's where I was paying attention to every little detail that happened inside my body and then overreacting to them. So what I've come to, well, how I've learned how to deal with it is because I still feel the things and think the things, they just don't take me over anymore because I know that I've stopped a giving what, let's say it could be cancer. I've stopped giving cancer some of the ingredients that it requires to grow, which is sugar. I don't feed my body sugar and I have not, you know, for weeks now at all. And I know that, um, like, let's say it's my heart that I, you can be healthy and fit and still have heart issues, but I go get a good workout in and tell myself at the end of it that people with heart issues don't do what I just did, right? So that's how I come to peace with it. I give, I stop feeding it, and then I use the tools that I know I have to combat it because that's also the balance, like the balance of being able to listen to it. And then for somebody like me, who are, we're called hypochondriacs, I believe, right? <laughs> so people like me um, need to know how to manage that thought because that thought will and did take over. Since I was the time I was a little kid, as soon as I found out what cancer was, I assumed I had it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's one of the reasons I'm here doing what I do for a living. So, you know, it's a bit off topic, but. But I don't think it is because you're doing that to maintain That's fair. I want to be health. in charge of my own health. Right. Yeah. You do. And yeah. so but the other thing that I struggle with that too is that, um, that we do also – when you said that, you know, somebody with a heart issue couldn't do what you do, how many athletes have you seen dropped out on a basketball court that appeared to be healthy? Because they can... Well, since 2020, a buttload. Yeah, because they can perform well, but something was brewing underneath. So this is where I struggle when we go back to talking about this. Why I said this could be dark and ugly because I don't want to... I don't want to be a negative person and I don't want to be a conspiracy person and those kind of things. But we have to look at the things like I'm a big advocate for the cardiac calcium score that gives you a picture of what's going on in those coronary arteries that the insurance won't pay for so that you can get that done and so to do these lab tests is important so i am not saying don't go get labs and don't go to get your annual exam that is something that you should be doing on a regular basis to kind of get a little picture of what's going on within your system and so the cardiac calcium score the blood pressures the blood sugars make sure that those are staying on a normal range and that you're feeling well but then also you have to look at the mental component of it because what our mind tells us becomes reality and we have a lot of psychosomatic dysfunctions because of our brain and so what we're being told what we're thinking and what we're overthinking and how we're and post-traumatic stress um, if you cure post-traumatic stress or PTSD then you can a lot of times cure ailments that have been unmanageable or uncurable for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. There's studies out there with that. So it's a re- this is really deep and a hard topic to cover because it's so, so gray, mm-hmm. so very, very foggy, gray. very gray. And, it, and I believe, you know, we have three people in this room that I think have different definitions, right? Mm-hmm. And so health is really what it is to you individually. You know, what does health look like? To you and I think you have to kind of delve deep inside and see what you know what does that what are you free of what disease you know whether that be mental um, spiritual physical what what do you want to be free of and that's what you go work on so could you define what health is to you so for instance health to me what health means to me is that I have checked off the 
internal things that we can look at, the blood work and those things to see what's going on internally. But then also being able to live freely and move freely and to be mindful of my thoughts and to be cognitive of my thoughts and to be happy. Health to me is happiness um, and also movement and freedom, freedom to live the life to the fullest that I want to live it to. Um, And as long as I want to live it to with the understanding that we can all do everything by the book. You can not eat bad things. You can move every day. You can read the Bible every day. You can pray every day. You can do all of these things right. And you can still walk across the street and get hit by a bus. Sure. Sure. And so for me, health is when I'm hit by the bus, I was happy. I was happy, joyful, and I had lived it to the fullest, Mm -hmm. you know, that I wasn't bed bound. I wasn't, didn't have a walker, you know, those things. But even if you were bed bound, you know, I think of my father-in-law at the end of his life, um, you know, I, I just, I want to still, if I were to get unfortunate news that I had some sort of terminal illness. I still want to live my life to the fullest. And I hope that I would be in the right mental space to do that, to still enjoy everything around me. And to share excitement and peace with other people that you're leaving behind. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when I said bed bound, I really meant like I know a lot of people that are my age that don't, they are really tied to their house. They don't go anywhere because their knees hurt or their back hurts. And so... When I say bed bound, I mean like restricted to live your life freely that yeah. you're really, you know, if I get a terminal illness and I'm bed bound for however long I'm, till I go, that's, that's a different kind of bed bound for me. What I mean is these people that, you know, I can't go to the basketball game because I can't do the steps or I can't go to the wedding because whatever, you know, I can't go and enjoy the things that I want to enjoy because my body is saying, yes, you can't. And when you tell yourself you can't, you can't. That, I mean, that's half the battle, Preach right? That. Preach that. Yeah. When you say, say so I can't <laughs> do the stairs, guess what? You can't do the stairs. But if you say, I'm going to do these stairs because I want to go sit at the basketball game and watch my grandson, whoever. Yeah. Guess what? That's half the battle, too. Mm-hmm. Then you start doing the stairs. And that's the world I live in. So I can come, I guess, from my professional thought on health is what I look for or strive for for my clients because I'm extreme. I'm on a carnivore diet. I take extremely cold showers. I, you know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm kind of an extreme version and I don't expect anybody to be like me. But when a client comes to me and says they want to get healthier, well, most of them need to lose body fat, right? Because having uh, your body fat percentage be really high is not good. But also, as a side note, and we'll get into this in a minute because I'm really big into this, having an extremely low body fat percentage is also equally can be equally unhealthy, especially for a long term. So true. all you people that are, <clears throat> this is something I really want to stress. Anybody that's going to a bodybuilder, a professional bodybuilder for health advice needs to not ever, 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 ever do that. If you want to go for <laughs> advice on to them on how to grow your biceps, the biggest they're going to get, fine. And but there's a, a lot of trickery. There's a lot of trickery. There's a lot of spiking your blood sugars at the right time right after a workout so that your muscles will absorb all the carbohydrates. There's a lot of steroids are rampant i mean a lot of unhealthy things it's a lot of unhealthy and it's the the whole visual like the you got to be kind of mentally unhealthy to get in a bikini and spray yourself brown and then go pose in front of total strangers i think 
But anyway, so there, those people are not healthy. Is my point. That is Dang, not. That was gonna be my next profession. We're especially this year. We're going through this thing where bodybuilders are dropping dead. The the most fit looking people on earth are dropping dead because they're so hard on their hearts, because they don't recover right. So anyway, back to my point. If what I'm looking at my client is to have their body fat percentage below for their joints to work well enough for them to do the things that they want to do because. I'm a personal trainer. You would think that you're going to come to me and I'm going to say, we're going to bench press and bench press and squat and we're going to make your muscles humongous. But that's not A, necessary, or B, sometimes feasible, right? Because not everybody is built like that. you got to eat a lot of protein. But I want people to lift weights because being strong is something you cannot replace, right? right. I want you to be strong enough to get in and out of your car or go to Disneyland and walk around and carry an infant or whatever Get your life is. Get yourself off the ground when you're The real fallen. functional stuff. So that's well, my I mean, focus. Weight training is also really good for osteoporosis. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so irreplaceable bone, yeah. for osteoporosis. Nothing else does bone density, increases bone density like lifting weights. And that's why I came to you initially, just yeah. because I think I was helping my husband try and move furniture or something. And I'm like, yeah. I just don't have the strength I used to have. Yeah. I need to work on this. But um, Kelly and I were talking before you got here, Brent, too, about... Don't overdo that because that is also unhealthy. Well, I think that goes to the bodybuilder yes. type. Mm-hmm. Yes, know, exactly. The body dysmorphia, this yes. real. And so if you're doing it for external appearance and you think that just because somebody is very fit and tone and they have nice masculine muscles, male or female, no. Yeah. I mean, I have but from a body worker, massage therapist, and nurse, that the answer is you're putting a tourniquet on and you're increasing vascular problems that you don't even realize. So again, that's why it's so important to do these other th- follow-ups about let's take some snapshot pictures of what's going on internally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So devil's advocate ish. And I think this is where it's individualized. It also has to do with what you want for your life. So if that's your goal to be a bodybuilder and look like that, I think you have yep. to have full disclosure. You have to have informed co- consent per se. Mm-hmm. Do they know all the associated risks? Probably not. Maybe they do of steroids yeah. and yeah. everything that they're doing. Yeah. And still making that decision because that's what they want with their life. Yep. Same thing with the labs. What are you going to do with that information? Yeah. If you get labs and you get, if you're going to be proactive and change your lifestyle a little bit because you've, found out that you've got some plaque on your cardiac calcium scoring, great. If we order this million-dollar workup and you never do anything with that information, oh, why, I agree why with, get any of see, that? I don't think that's devil. I think that's 100% honesty. Again, it goes back to mindfulness and knowing yourself and knowing what your goal is and what you want your health to be. But don't come to me and tell me that you're healthy because you are all the ideal numbers. And you drink Diet Coke all and day you drink, long. Yeah, you drink Diet Coke all day long. Or... And then, or you need a shoulder surgery and you need to go to an orthopedic doctor, but you won't go. You're not healthy. That's not mentally nor physically healthy. And so, again, I, I don't think that's devil advocacy. I think that's honesty and that you have to be, what are you going to do? And so, prime example of that is when I was doing breast exams and well-known exams, you know, women would ask, when can I stop doing the mammogram? And my answer was always, there's not an age limit in my opinion. It's when you're not going to do any treatment because of what you find. Yep. Mm. Any treatment. So like if you are still willing to do a lumpectomy, go find out if you need to have a lumpectomy. But if you're not going to do full-blown chemo or a mastectomy or any of that other stuff, 
then don't go. I mean, if you're not going to do that one lumpectomy. So when you're not going to do any further treatment, you're perfectly fine with where you are right now. You're going to live your life out. Then stop doing it. Um, my people I, in my family have done that, though. They they go for colonoscopies, but they say they would never do a colon yeah. surgery. So, so why, why go to the colonoscopy? I think that's really challenging coming from the healthcare provider standpoint because we want to intervene. We want to do things. And so, um, you know, I can't tell you, I've countless people that I know um, through the years that have ignored a very ugly looking mm-hmm. breast tumor mm-hmm. or, um, you know, ignored belly pain for a year. Um, <laughs> I, I know lots of stories about people that have ignored what's going on. And it's because they don't want to deal with that. And that's how they want to live their life. I don't know if that's fear. I don't know if it's just they're at peace with that and they they wouldn't do anything yeah, about it. Yeah, and then you it. wonder is that are they making a healthy choice and then But you it's, know, I, that was my immediate thought was like is that a healthy choice but then like well it's not my choice to make. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. I think no, I think yes, coming from healthcare professionals that mm-hmm. and and we're all all three fixers. Yeah. We're all p- three people that want to intervene and make things better and to do the best that we possibly can and we want that for all of our loved ones. So like a prime example with my husband, when we were talking about his cardiac calcium score and his labs and so forth that were not optimal and family history and the statin drugs and those kind of things. And I gave him all of the the information that I could possibly give him from every different avenue. And then I said, it's ultimately your decision. Mm -hmm. You have to be at peace with it, right? It's ultimately Mm -hmm. your decision. So if you taking a statin drug makes you feel more proactive and you can deal with the side effects, then take it. Do I think it's the best option? I don't. But at the end, I want you happy till your end. And so you, you know, but number one, coming from a wife and a healthcare professional to say that, boy, that was hard for me to go, okay, can I really live with this if he says he wants to do this? It's hard. Um, and with patience, it's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. You said something really important or kind of touched on something really important. And it's a big motivator for me is the responsibility to your loved ones. You know, we talk about what is health. I think another aspect of looking at health is how much of a burden do you place on your, your loved ones? Now, there is a point there will probably come a point if we're lucky for most of us that that may be a true statement. But I also know 90 year old people in assisted living facilities that have do everything for themselves. Right. And well, Who knows how much action they took to get there, and some of it was just an accident, I'm sure. Yeah, lucky right? genetics. Like you said, they didn't get hit by a bus, right? Yeah. They took all – right, genetics and all that stuff. But all, for real, though, I take care of myself so my wife doesn't have to wipe my butt. Which is funny. So full disclosure here when I said, it's your choice, honey, but I've also said to him on more than one occasion, if you fall apart and have a heart attack or have a stroke or something catastrophic happens to you and you've done nothing to prevent it – I will buy the it's a problem. I will buy the cheapest toilet paper. Maybe you, <laughs> maybe you sandpaper, and it, we'll get to a point where I say, you get to go get taken you care. You get of. hosed off. Yeah, or you get to go live with Nurse Ratchet at the nursing yeah. home because I don't think that's fair to me, nor our children. Yeah. And that to caregiver do that. fatigue is so real. So real, and so I have real. been on both sides of this, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. personally and professionally, and so. Full disclosure, people, I don't say it's really his choice, but it, I mean, to an extent it is. It's just like, but it motivated but him. But you to re- also care about him and love him. So yeah. you want him to be in optimal health to 
live a long, joyful yes. life and be there with you. Yes, because he would not be happy if he was had a stroke or a heart attack and then we had to care for him. Mm-hmm. He would just soon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. end it himself, I'm sure, you know, as a lot of us would. And so he doesn't want that either. But, you know, so, you know, and you have to have some humor in your <laughs> delivery sometimes too, you know, just to put your point across. And so he knows I was still by Charmin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm wiping your ass with sandpaper. But the threat with love is still real, right? To kind of give you an eye yeah, opener that, you yeah. know, this is not all about you. Yeah. And yeah. so don't be selfish yeah. with your health either. And so, like, my motivator now is my granddaughter. You know, we, we've talked about I can't go upstairs. And I'm like, no, I, I have a granddaughter now and I want to be around longer than I thought I would. So I need to start paying attention to some things that I'd ignored, getting back into shape. Um, doing some squats and so I can pick her up and yep, functional because she's getting heavier. She is. Yep, Yep. and that doesn't stop. Yep. Uh, Here's another uh, example I think we could use. Um, And one of the things I'm proud of, I'm proud of my wife for, and um, didn't realize it was a badge of honor until not too long ago. Is uh, the medications you're on? If if health being healthy means being free of disease. Being healthy could also mean being free of medication. How many heart rate or, you know, blood pressure medicines are you on? Statins? Do you take ibuprofen or Tylenol? Because guess what, folks? Bad idea. Mm-hmm. That stuff's not good for you. So how much of that, how much do you rely on the phart- pharmaceuticals? I like, you almost said pharmaceuticals. <laughs> I like that word yeah. better. It's funner. Fart- it's way funner. You know, I think that, again, being mindful and weighing out your options into, um, but this is very hard as a consumer of healthcare, that in our traditional world, and I have a prime example of that where I have a very, somebody I love very much end up with breast cancer and was gonna go more homeopathic and uh, holistic and did all of these things and then goes to the doctors, the, the ones that are covered by the insurance and stuff, and they won't even do the treatment because it's not standard of care, it's not, covered by insurance and so it's really it's this is a really tough tough thing to navigate because of the mixed signals that we get and the battle between homeopathic holistic and traditional medicine so eastern versus western medicine um, and insurance versus non-insurance I have tons of people that say yeah if you took insurance I'd come to see you all the time and I said no you wouldn't because I wouldn't be in business because I won't do the insurance because they're not going to pay me and they're going to charge you twice as much they're going to tell me how often I can see you how long I can see you and why I can see you so but it's still a battle so the financial burden is a battle for which health. is part of health as well very much that's part of your holistic health is your financial situation yes yep. Because it weighs into all of everything. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for a second. Because I, so I saw a, a video the other day. Because look, a lot of our health-related issues, actually, I would say most of the health-related issues people have nowadays are metabolic issues, right? There's something wrong with the metabolism, or the people that I'm speaking to are is their diet. It's not necessarily something wrong with their stomach, it's their diet, right? Which I would expand on that, which causes chronic inflammation. Right. And chronic right. internal inflammation is the root cause of all evil. Right. All disease. All disease. Well, and all disease is internal inflammation. Inflammation, which is all metabolic, mostly metabolic, yeah. right? So I, was, I saw this video earlier, and somebody went to McDonald's and got a Big Mac meal, and it was like $14. And then they went to the store, 
and I know where I go. But get eating in my healthy store. is so expensive, yeah. Brandon. Yeah, and they went to the store and bought they they grabbed something similar to what I get, which is a pack of four New York strips, and four steaks is nineteen dollars. So for I'm I'm gonna eat twice at least twice off of that meal that that nineteen bucks I'm spending. It's more in the moment, but first of all, it's one of those things where if you don't make time and money for some healthy things now you will have to later sure. right that's the, yep. the old adage so it's one like it's not even it doesn't even make sense financially because you the the, the way we think of this is the financial freedom like it doesn't make sense to be spending money on bad food anymore it just doesn't make sense and do you invest in yourself up front or right. do you yeah put a band-aid on it later it on and do yeah. it later yeah because let's face it nothing is free nope nothing is free and even your free apps aren't free they're they're taking your shit they're taking yeah they're controlling you that's hold on we won't scroll there but (laughs) nothing is free and you either pay now or you pay later and so choose your hard always choose your hard yeah it's hard to eat healthy it's hard to be sick yeah it is way easier to drive through mcdonald's do so, I feel like shit after I eat the McDonald's? Absolutely. But choose your hard. There's every nothing is easy mm-hmm. in this world. Nothing is easy. So choose your hard. But also sometimes McDonald's is so good. I know so because good. those people it's know. It, oh, you should. They know how to when the fries are fresh. Yes. No. But then you don't digest. But you them. know they do what they do to their Coke, don't you? The reason they have the best Coke is because it has Coke, more corn syrup in it. It's more corn syrup, and they fr- they uh, refrigerate the lines. So like you, you ever notice you had a cup of McDonald a McDonald's like Coke or Diet Coke and I usually have cut sweet tea. It never gets watered down. Never. It's weird. My point, this is not a commercial for McDonald's because it is the devil. But <laughs> damn it, sometimes. But the food scientists know how to get us. Right. They know, you know, they've per- perfected this stuff to make it easy. No, actually, to make after it... I went through college chemistry with Dr. Landers and he told us what how they preserve their French fries at McDonald's. Oh, I yeah. almost, I literally have not eaten McDonald's French fries, but a handful of times since yeah. then. Because I, I know all that stuff, but I still. Well, we all do, and it's okay. It's okay to do it. I yep. mean, but it's about it's, frequency. It's about correct. frequency and moderation yeah. and mm-hmm. understanding. Mm-hmm. Pick your heart. So sometimes it, yeah, it's okay to pick the heart that's not the most healthy because mentally it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just easier to do it, and then the next time try hard. And to me, that's balance. I know you don't like that word, but. No, it's, I mean, it's finding out what, what works. and I think balance is a good word. I think that you have to find, yeah, homeostasis. Your balance isn't perfect. It's the teeter-totter. It's a teeter-totter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so instead of thinking of balance as 50-50, I think that's why I don't like the word balance is because most people think balance is 50-50, everything is equal. Nothing is equal, no, nothing is fair. constant mm-hmm. give and take. Always give, give and, and take, take you know? ebb and flow. Pay attention. Throw out a little ad for me. The name of my business is called Bittersweet, Ebb and Flow, Yin Yang. Yeah. There's a balance for everything. You have to have pain to have freedom of pain. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But we, what yields the most peace? I think peace and health could be best synonymous, but I think they could be best friends. Peace, joy, mm-hmm. harmony. You know what in your mind, body, and spirit. Well, having a body that's able, I think, is a good place to start. Uh, able to do, like Neva kind of said, anything you 
really want to do. If you want to go for a walk with your family, having a body that's able to do that is very nice. And that's where my profession comes in is to keep your body ready for that. We end up covering a lot more. We talk about what you eat. So, but those two things, exercising and controlling what you eat will have a humongous impact on your peace. And because again, like I hate to keep harping on sugar and McDonald's and all this crap, but like that stuff has been proven now to raise anxiety in people. Mm -hmm. And I felt it myself. Mm -hmm. When you go on a vegetarian diet where you're not eating the sugar or my problem with vegetarian diets is that Oreos are vegetarian, right? (laughs) So, but anyway, but like for somebody like me on the carnivore diet right now, like there is no, there's no up and down of mood. There's no up and down of energy. There is no anxious thoughts i eat sugar and i get anxious about nothing yeah because it spikes your blood sugar and all kinds of Mm -hmm. other metabolic issues would you say health and wellness are the same thing i think that's why they're that's why they're usually lumped together if you're going to search for a category of something i think being well is health in my opinion so I would look there, I guess the distinction would be if I had, if there were two people in front of me and one of them, okay, we're just going off of appearance here, right? But if one of them, I've just watched run a marathon and he's super lean, but not so lean that it's weird, right? And then you just had a normal guy, a normal, not overweight person. I would call the normal, not overweight, not athletic, not particularly active person well. I would call the marathon runner just again, based on just the fact that he's did some cardiovascular exercise, I would call him healthy, right? So you can, I think you can probably be well without being healthy. Uh, I you would can't agree be well with that and statement. unhealthy. I don't know that I agree with your statement of distinguishing those two people exactly, but I think you. Well, it's can, a bad example, admittedly. I think you can be well and be unhealthy. Maybe, maybe, but, I don't know. Well, but see, but that goes back from my original question or my original statement. Is that we take appearance, external appearance on behaviors and what we see physique and body type wise as being healthy. And I disagree with that. Well, it's because it's so easy because you can look at somebody and see they're unhealthy. I think that that's where that But comes I know from. some people that are way heavier than I am that can do more yoga than I can do. They can walk farther than I can walk, but they're heavier than I am. Mm-hmm. They're stronger than I am. But they, their physical appearance would, if you stood a side by side, you would pick me as healthy and them as unhealthy. And that's not the case. Again, this is all about marketing and an external environmental feeding us all the time of what healthy looks like. Mm-hmm. So I would like to take that out of the equation. Health is not appearance ever. You can never assume someone is healthy. Even when you look at someone's labs and they are fine, you cannot automatically assume by that appearance of those immediate labs that they're healthy. So what if, yeah, what if their labs look fine? Metabolically, they're fine. Physiologically, they're fine. But in their brain, they're They're not not fine. fine. Or they're not having bowel movements. Their gut's unhealthy. They're they're not moving, they're, they have arthritic joints, they're not able to function, but everything looks fine. So that's the thing about health that I would like to change the concept of what we think is healthy is everything appearance driven. Athletes are not necessarily healthy. Thin people are not healthy. Overweight people are not necessarily unhealthy. Um, I know some 
some they're happier they're just jolly they i mean you know and it, it's interesting to me when when death happens you know that we automatically go to they were unhealthy or healthy just by what we know of their lifestyle and what we're seeing and perceiving which is so not true and so marketing sucks i think death would be a good place to look back to say were they healthy or not because even if they died from disease yeah they could still have wellness yes if they at that point in their life at their death they were fulfilled and had lived a joyful life because i I mean some of the people i mean like i love looking at people's hands i mean i even snapshotted a picture of an old lady's hands one time. well we were on the airplane and she i mean her fingers were the the gnarly little fingers and she had them in a prayer position and she had them on her lap and she had her head bowed so i'm like i'm just i mean just looking at him so i like Did you just stand over her shoulder and take a picture <laughs> no i was sitting right next to her so i just like took the picture because hands to me speak volumes and so but she was i mean she was probably healthy but her hands would not appear healthy but to me I'm sure she was, well, very healthy because she had worked and she had lived and she had fed. And um, I had a client one time that had fingers like that when I was working on her and she was older and I was working on her hands. She goes, yeah, she was dogging her hands about how ugly we were. I said, you know, when I look at your hands, what I think of is how many bottoms did this pat? How many birthday cakes did this make? How many cast iron skillets did this lift and feed loved ones at huge dinners? So looking at your hands... I'm just thinking, what is that robust story? look yeah, like? Yeah. What is that? And she, you know, and she was, yeah. So again, you can have disfigured fingers and be well and healthy. Uh, if you're mentally and physically and spiritually healthy, fulfilled, fulfilled. That's I a don't... good word. Yeah. So I don't know. Can we, can we nail down what is health? No. That's why I said it's completely gray. This is a gray category that we could talk about every single podcast. We could come back to some form of what is health and what is unhealthy. Um, Because like you were talking about sugar and I'm over here biting my tongue because I was just recently told by another healthcare practitioner that we have to stop demonizing sugar because sugar is not, that's not the root of all evil. It is, but it isn't. Sugar is needed. It came from a plant. Sugar cane. It's a. Sure. Do. That's a whole another podcast. It is. But for that, it I mean, so again, understanding how it affects you. So I'm a carb person. And if I go on a strictly carnivore diet, I don't feel well. I have brain fog. I just can't function. Give me some carbs, good carbs. Um, too much sugar is definitely horrible. And that's a whole nother podcast. I was just talking to somebody about that again today about how it's the that's the number one food source for cancer is sugar. Mm-hmm. So again, moderation and understanding. So I think health goes way back to, or goes directly back to what we talked about earlier, mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And what is your personal goals? Mm-hmm. Well, on, on that subject, there are, you know, there the three macronutrients we talk about. There's proteins, there's fats, and there's carbs. Most of the time, um, sugar is like people's main carbs. You can get it from vegetables and fruits and stuff mm-hmm. like that too, but there, it is interesting to note that there are what are two considered two essential macros, meaning you will starve to death eventually without them, and neither one of them is carbs. So that's, I thought that was interesting. You can live your whole life without a carbohydrate because you have this process in your body called gluco- gluconeogenesis that makes carbs out of 
proteins and fat eventually that your your body will need to sustain the blood sugar you need to function. So just I just I, I always tell people that when people talk to me about their diet, I'm not allowed in my scope of practice to prescribe a diet, but I tell everybody that and let, again let them kind of make an informed decision. We talk about the cravings that sugar makes you have, things like that. And with sugar is another thing, but just that is interesting to know that if you don't eat enough protein over time, you will die from starvation. If you don't eat enough fat over time, you will die of starvation. But you could go forever and ever without sugar. So what is health to you, Brandon? Health is being in charge of all the stuff I can control. Okay. I like that. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 I feel my best when I'm doing that. And it's usually by doing stuff that's not fun. You know, it's – I am at – I if – if I don't struggle every day, then every day will be a struggle, right? If I don't force myself to struggle with the cold showers and with the workouts and stuff like that, then I'm just going to sit in my own brain and rot, you know? So I learned that about myself and then learned what foods impacted me and get rid of the foods that didn't impact me very well. So I'm, again, I am in charge of that now. Like you talked about earlier, if you do, if you get a stroke and do have done nothing to prevent that, then nobody's not nobody's going to feel bad for you, but it's different than <laughs> if I tomorrow drop dead of a stroke, then I just had it coming because I did everything else, right? Well, in my profession, in my personal life, too, one of the things that I struggle with is it is what it is. You know, this this just way it's going to be. And or the other one is looking at the number on the birth date. You know, that I'm 30, I'm supposed to start slowing down. Oh, I'm 40, I'm supposed to have a little belly fat. Oh, I'm 50, I'm supposed to not have this much energy. You know, I'm going through menopause. I'm supposed to start wrinkling and having no energy and have decreased sex drive and osteoporosis because I'm 60, you know, and my mother had it. So, you know, this is just how it is. Those kind of conversations make my right eye twitch and my left eye want to pop out of my head. Because, again, you're not taking responsibility and understanding it is what you make it to be. It is not a predisposed outcome. It is what you make it to be based on what you want for your life and your physical well-being and your mental well-being. So stop telling me that because you're a certain age that this is the way it's going to be. That is not true. Or your parents had it or your grandparents had it, so you're destined to have it. That mindset, you're right. You're going to get it. Yep. I am my mother's daughter. I'm not my mother. My husband is his father's son. He is not his father. We have made different lifestyle choices. I am not a smoker. He's not a heavy drinker, truck driver. And, um, so, you know, so, no. So health is what you make it to be and what you want it to be. And don't tell me you can't be healthy because I don't agree you with can. that. Yeah, we just talked about the difference between eating healthy, you know. Salads are a lot cheaper than Big Macs are. I can almost guarantee you that if salads are your thing, eat those salads. If it's not your thing, find something else. Casey strips are, are your thing. Eat Casey your strips, strips. Eat your steaks. Eat your eggs. You know. So my biggest message for folks in regards to food is just try and eat as much, as many foods that were put on this earth yes. for us to consume as possible. Yes. Right. Avoid the boxes and the bags, right. and you're going to be okay. The more ingredients. Stay away from that stuff. Yes. The quicker the molds, the easier or the better it is for you. That's right. Correct. That's right. Yeah. And if it spoils quickly. If it's a little Debbie cake that is shelf stable for God, I don't even want to know how many years a little Debbie cake mm -hmm. takes to go bad. 
But that, they, I mean, they may never. But again, yeah. it's convenient. So you don't want to go to the grocery store every week. You don't want to have to plan a meal every week. You want to have it so that you can. There are staples, yes, beans and those kind of things that can stay long term. But for the most part, the majority of your nutritional intake should be spoiling within a few days of being set out. Mm-hmm. Things you can pronounce. That's a good rule. That that's is a good, good rule. rule. Yeah. Even the jerky, the stuff that's supposed to be healthy, you know, that stuff is not. No. Processed meats is processed a whole other. Yeah. I mean, we, there are companies out there that make just beef and oh, salt go out there jerky. And get your own deer, get the loin, and put some seasoning yeah. on it, put it in I'm your own oven. I'm going to buy a rifle and, this summer. And just not a dirt bike. No. I saw yours in the garage Did and almost had, <laughs> <laughs> almost had a panic attack. Almost Post traumatic PTSD. Yeah. PTSD. Yeah. 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 Do what works for you, folks. Yep. Yep. Um, our advice, like I said, it's what we've said a hundred times, is just advice based on what we know. And you've heard it today. We got three very different opinions on certain things, like what you should eat. You know how you know Kelly is. She said before more likely to lean vegetarian. Then and I'm couldn't be further away from that. So it's a fun. Um, and I'm a balance between the two of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Eva likes her carbs a little bit, and, and I, I love carbs too. I love it yeah. all. And um, yeah. and I would also hope that this segment encourages you to be mindful and powerful in making your own decisions and deciding what is best for you and what health means to you mm-hmm. and what is your ultimate goal. And if you need help with that, that's when we have the pod the Yep. Email and those kind of things that we would be helpful. Yeah. Email us at uh, seek to understand pod at gmail.com. <laughs> Brain farted for a second. Thanks. No, that's yeah. why I mean, gonna, that's why I'm I'm directed towards that, you. Uh, <laughs> editing out that. Uh. Or, you know, or just reach out, read, research. Um, that's the hard part with the diet and stuff with me because, I mean, there's so much out there. There's you so can much. Get I mean, when you're too. saying all this over here, I'm listening to you with my right ear and my left ear I'm, I'm listening to what somebody else just told me that would contradict everything that you mm-hmm. just said yep. but that same person somebody came in and said to me one of the clients patients that he sees said yeah I can eat all the fruits that I want to just not pears and apples I'm like what and so of course what I do that nice I go home and research why and I'm sure it has to do with the pectin and stuff but then pears and apples are also shown to decrease blood sugar and bad lipids mm-hmm. and so I'm not going to not want to eat those. I'm not going to tell my husband he can eat anything but those because we both need those. And so, again, individualize it. Individualize it to what works for you and what your body responds well to. Yep. You can't be rigid either. You cannot be rigid. But you, I think that's key is what are you body responding well to? So do you respond well to a lot of cardio and not much weightlifting? Or do you respond better to the other? Do you respond better to what foods you put in? You know, I'm a, I need eight to nine hours of sleep a night. Some other people can function really well on three. I'm on five, five and a half is, you know, probably not good long term, but I wake up every day and feel fine. It's usually more like seven, but I can do five and a half. So, yeah. 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 Sleep. That's another good. uh, How healthy is your sleep? That's something we didn't talk about. No, we got a whole nother podcast dedicated to sleep. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But it is sleeping. Folks. Stay off the video games at middle of the night. Nothing good. No good gaming (laughs) happens at 3 a.m. But I got one client that. He plays video games with people overseas, and so it's our time things are different. Yep. So that you know, that's so when he has to do it in the middle yeah. of the night. Ah, no, don't do it at all. Yeah, talk to the human sitting next to you in your living room. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Until next time. Awesome. Good stuff. Yep. Be Health. mindful. Be healthy. Be safe. <laughs>